Hey podcast listeners, Andy Clark here. How are you? Hope things are going well. There are people from all over the place in this podcast. My name is Kinan, I'm, uh, I'm from Syria. Yeah, my name is Anil Bowery, I'm from Hull in East Yorkshire. My name is Zoe, I'm from Swaziland. Hi, I'm Sid and I'm from India. My name is uh, Sahan and I come from Iran. I'm Leah, I'm from the Philippines. My name is Ellen and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia in America. And these are just some of the people I met at the recent Expatica Fair for Internationals in Amsterdam. I was there with a Here in Holland stand and a bunch of people came along to say hi. It was great and I felt thrilled to meet people who are listening to the show. Even better, people were sharing their stories with me. There's the one about the apple tart. Yeah, so I said, your apple tart is perslikalik, but I want to say filukalik. A confused situation in a library. And so I told the man that I didn't know if I was a man or a woman, and I could feel myself turning about several shades of red. A bit of a grump. The Dutch are not willing to open up their minds uh, to foreigners learning a new language. And a tale of the unexpected. We left the UK on bicycles on the 30th of March 2017. Basically, the day after they triggered Article 50, we were just we left. That's the Brexit. Yes. All that and more coming up in a minute. But first, just a quick word about making the podcast happen. Did you know you can become a sponsor of the show? I'm using the American Patreon system, so you can find my page there and sign up. It's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash here in Holland. Unsurprisingly, there is a link in the show notes. There's the Stropwafel level, so you can become a Stropwafel, or you can even become a big cheese. It's intriguing, I know. What does it all mean? Well, check the link. It seemed to make sense when I came up with it in the first place. The more patrons I get, of course, the more podcasts I can make. And as you'll appreciate, it does take time and effort to make the show. All right, that's me finished rattling the begging bowl for now. On with the podcast. The stories were recorded at the expat fair, as I mentioned, so you can hear people milling around in the background. Oh, yeah, and there's a bonus story at the end sent in by WhatsApp. I'll tell you how you can share your stories too at the end of the podcast. All right, enough prevaricating. On with the stories. Hi, can you tell me your name and where you're from? I'm Suvigi Rathor, I'm from India. And how long have you been in the Netherlands? Um, almost two years. How are you finding it? I love it. Like I love the Dutch culture. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's quite open, quite straightforward, and I like it. <laughs> what do you like? Can you give me an example of something you really like? Yeah, I, I, like people are really open. Like if uh, I want to make a friends, I just can be straightforward. I don't just don't need to be make find the right timing to make a friendship. I can just go and just say how are you, how what you're doing, and we share a lot of. Uh, uh, and the best thing I like about it is that even being a non-English speaking country, you like you speak everybody speaks English. You watch English movies, so I'm a great movie fan. So I'm a, like I do Netflix binge. So I share a lot of interest with people, and uh, I like it. Like <laughs> when I just came to Netherlands, you have a weird G, like you call it Kha, something like that, and uh, I didn't know it. I just I was used to live in a Kroonhof, Kroonhof. Like I still cannot pronounce it well. So, but I read it as Groenhof. And I asked the bus driver, does this bus stop at Grunhof? And this guy said, no. And the bus just passed it. I said, it just passed Grunhof. And this guy said that, no, you mean Grunhof. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> so that was like most weird situation I had in. 
Hi. Can you tell me your name and where you're from? My name is Ellen, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, in America. How long have you been in the Netherlands? Um, almost two years now. And how are you finding it? Yeah, it's really nice. In some ways, it's really, really different from Atlanta. In other ways, it's not that different after all. So, yeah. what are some of the big differences then? Um, I feel like the biggest one that comes to mind is just the way of getting around. In Atlanta, there's almost no public transportation, so you have to drive everywhere. It's a very large, spread-out city, so having here trams, buses, trains, bikes, everything, it's such a different way of life. So I think that's one of the biggest differences. And well, also just the culture is very different um, in a lot of ways, yeah. <laughs> and people often get into kind of weird situations in the Netherlands, you know, lost in translation situations or funny things happen, the weirdest of things happen. Have you ever kind of found yourself thinking, what is going on? And do you have an example of something like that? Yeah, one that one that I think of is, this is a while ago, I was um, going into an office to interview for a job, and a woman was showing me around to different people in the office, and I was introducing myself to people, and um, a man was handing his hand out to me to shake it, and he goes, ooh, um, I have it cold, saying like, he meant like his hand was cold, but I thought he was saying like, oh, I have a cold, but I'm still going to shake your hand. So I was like trying to make a joke out of it. I was like, oh, you're giving me all your germs. You have a cold and you're still shaking my hand. Huh? And he just looked at me like, what are you talking about? But in Dutch, it's like, it kept its cows. I'm cold. He was saying like, I have it cold. But it was just this really awkward moment where he was staring at me and I realized he had no idea what I was. A very lost in translation kind of situation. What happened and after that? What happened next? It was just really awkward. He didn't really smile or laugh or anything. I was like, well, nice to meet you. And then I awkwardly walked away. So yeah. Thanks for the germs. Yeah, thanks for the germs. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Hi. Can you tell me your name and where you're from? I'm Renessa Chavez Krause. I'm originally from the Philippines. And how long have you been in the Netherlands? For about nine years now. Oh, quite a long time. Are you enjoying it? Yes, yes, Netherlands is my second home. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Um, I went to my mother-in-law's uh, place, and then um, I wanted to say, your apple tart is delicious. Yeah, so I said, your apple tart is persklikkelijk, but I want to say verrukkelijk. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's the worst one. What does persklikkelijk mean, if people don't know what that means? Terrible. <laughs> and Philokulik is very delicious. Yeah. So you meant to say it was delicious, but you said it was... And, and, and what did she do? Yeah, well, she basically almost cried. And then when I said, no, 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 I meant it's very delicious. So, yeah, then it made it all. And now you look back and laugh at that, I guess. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm Michael. I'm from Egypt. What's funny for me that is weird that people to say bye in, uh, in here, like Dewey, this is said like three, four times, and this is like weird. They say bye, so I leave. But they say, ah, good scenes, and then, ah, tag, dewey. And then at the end, they have to, if they don't scream, and dewey at the end. So this is weird for me in the beginning, but now I got it. Because actually, I'm myself now I'm doing it. <laughs> this was an odd or funny part so, that I experienced myself even. Yes, my name is uh, Sahan, and I come from Iran. Uh, when I arrived here, I was shocked uh, about the pronunciation of uh, good morning. Somebody says, for your morgen, for the morgen, I don't know morgen. And I was shocked, uh, which one should I uh, choose to say? Hi, can you tell me your name and where you're from? My name is Janice, and I'm from the United States. Uh, yeah, I do have strange things that happen. <laughs> 
you have an example? Um, I had one example. This was actually several years ago, but I still laugh when I think about it. And I was going, uh, we live near Leiden, and I was at the library trying to apply for a library card. And I was in a, probably my second Dutch course, and so my Dutch was uh, worse than it currently is, and still quite shy. But the man at the desk was really helpful and really tried. He said, oh, you can practice with us. We all, we're happy to have you practice. Do what you can in Dutch. And if you have any questions, come back and ask me. So I did. And I walked away with the uh, application for the library card. And I came back and I said, I don't know the answer to this question in Dutch. And that in itself was hard enough for me to say at the time. But it turned out that the word that I didn't know, I didn't know what something meant. And it was geslacht, uh, which means, are you a man or a woman? And so I told the man that I didn't know if I was a man or a woman, and I could feel myself turning about several shades of red. And, and then I had to try to oh, I didn't know what the question was, but it was one of those moments where it's so difficult to say what you need to say, you say it completely wrong. And I thought it was really, really funny. And I also really hope that that was the story at the lunchroom that day, because if he didn't find it funny, I'm very sad for him. My name is Zoe. I'm from Swaziland. And how long have you been in the Netherlands? Uh, 14 years now. Well, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why did you come here? Well, my husband is uh, Dutch and I also love traveling. Okay, cool. And uh, what do you like being in the Netherlands and what sort of experiences have you had? Well, they're both beautiful and challenging experiences. One more main one, I think, is the language uh, barrier. I've tried to learn my Dutch, and each time I try to speak my Dutch in public, it seems like the Dutch don't understand what I'm saying, or it's probably judging me that I have an accent. That's what I pick up. And what happens then? Well, I start speaking English. And when I speak English, it gets easy. People res- respect me, and they respond to me. Okay, and what, what, how does this make you feel then? What does it, what? it makes me feel the Dutch are not willing to open up their minds uh, to foreigners learning a new language. That they should know that when you learn a language, you're putting so much effort into it. And of course, depending on your age, you will have an accent. Zoe from Swaziland there, not so happy with the response she's been getting to attempts to speak Dutch. In a minute, we'll hear from a Brexit refugee. We'll get a bonus story from Connor sent via WhatsApp. And she was like, uh, Jonge, come here. And that means, uh, boy, come here. I was like, oh, oh no, I'm in trouble. So I went over to her. And we'll find out why this Syrian man is happy that the Dutch don't go all dewy-eyed when he tells them where he's from. From a cultural point of view, I think I like the most that people don't care where you came from. I've had this ah moment wherever I go whenever you go and wherever you go you just you tell people that you're Syrian they tell you oh you know this ah moment that we sympathize with you but I do understand that but when it comes but it, it started to become really irritating lately 
But first, a reminder for you to share the love for Here in Holland. Please tell people about the podcast, and if you have the time, why not pop over to iTunes and give a review and a rating? It all helps get those pesky algorithms on side. And if you want to become a sponsor, then I won't say no. Remember, you can become a stroke waffle or even a big cheese. There's a link in the show notes explaining more. What's not to like about that, eh? And if you want to rant at me, then that's fine too. Let it all out, breathe. You see, feeling better already, aren't you? Seriously, if you want to get in touch, then there's Facebook. Just search Here in Holland, email hereinholland at gmail.com and even a website, hereinholland.com. It's a veritable smorgasbord of communication opportunities. Okay, roll up your sleeves for part two. First off, we have another story from Ellen from Atlanta. As well as getting lost in translation, she's also been getting stressed out at the supermarket. One situation that always gives me a lot of anxiety is grocery shopping in the Netherlands. Why? In the South, in the south in America, it's like a very pleasant experience. You walk in, people are greeting you. Um, people are always asking if you need help looking for anything. They bag your groceries for you. They even take your groceries to the car for you for free. And they ask at the checkout, like, how was your shopping experience? How are you today? It's like such a pleasant interaction. And here, it's like they don't say anything to you. They're kind of just glaring at you. They're throwing your groceries. You're like frantically trying to throw them all in a bag yourself. There's 20 people waiting behind you. They all look so angry, too. You're trying to go as fast as you can, but it's so hard. You didn't bring enough bags. So you have to go and buy a bag, and everyone's annoyed. So it's always just like such an anxiety-inducing experience. What do your Dutch friends say when you explain the difference to them when talking about shopping, yeah. for example? Well, they're just baffled that they do all of that in America. They're like, that's ridiculous. Why would they take the time to do all that? It's just grocery shopping, you know? So they think that's weird. So, yeah. Cool. Well, you obviously speak some Dutch then. You've learned to speak Dutch in two years. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, sorry. What did you say? You've learned to speak Dutch in two years? A little bit. I haven't fully learned to speak Dutch. I, I speak with my Dutch friends in English usually, so... Okay, that's yeah. cool. All right, thank you very much. That's a great story. Thanks a lot. My name is Kinan. I'm, uh, I'm from Syria. How long have you been in the Netherlands? Well, around a year and, and a half, give or take a little bit. Uh, I came in here uh, as a student. I finished my master's in the uh, University of Amsterdam in uh, New Media and Digital Culture. Uh, and I like it here. What do you like about it? Well, from a cultural point of view, I think I like the most that people don't care where you came from. I've had this ah moment wherever I go. Whenever you go and wherever you go, you just you tell people that you're Syrian. They tell you, ah, oh, you know, this ah moment that we sympathize with you. But I do understand that. But when it comes, but it, it started to become really irritating lately that they try to, I don't know, squeeze information out of you about Syria they try to maybe to show a little bit too much sympathy and it just be, it becomes irritating and when it comes to, to the Netherlands when you talk to people it's just like they don't care where you came from they care who you are the most and, and that's nice that's really nice it, it, it allows you to fully function uh, it allows you to have some kind of a normal life and um, yeah I think this is the most thing that I like about it Okay, that's, that's a pretty amazing sentiment. So you quite experienced elsewhere was kind of a false sympathy, a kind of overbearing kind of wanting to empathize, which didn't really feel genuine to you? Well, yeah, to an extent, but it's, it's, it's been overdone too much. And it, it always comes with the assumption... I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it always comes with the assumption that you are a refugee. 
and that's uh, and that's why it becomes irritating. Uh, there's this stereotyping of, of, of Syrians wherever they go. Oh, okay, you're a refugee. Well, we're not. You don't need to jump to conclusions and assume, assume that we are refugees. We're just like we came in here like with regular visas and we studied and we're students in here, and we like that. Mostly the Dutch, they don't have that assumption. They don't. They don't. They don't actually ask questions immediately about these kind of topics. They just they get to know you better a little bit. And then maybe you can have a conversation with them about it and it comes up. And they, But they would never immediately jump in and start asking questions about the whole situation over there. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, my name's Anil Bowery. I'm from Hull in East Yorkshire. Okay, and uh, how long have you been in the Netherlands? We left the UK on bicycles on the 30th of March 2017. Basically, the day after they triggered Article 50, we, were just, we left. That's the Brexit? Yes. Okay, why? Why this extreme um, reaction? My wife is Zambian, and her kids too, and in order to live and work in the UK, I would have had to earn somewhere in the region of £45,000 a year to be able to afford their visas, NHS surcharges, etc. And um, even had I done that, because I was self-employed, I would have had to prove that income going back three, four years. Um, so it just wasn't possible. And even then, had I got them residency in the UK at some point before they achieved their citizenship, I got hit by a bus, they could have that entire residency revoked. So it was just so insecure. But under EU free movement, I can bring them to the Netherlands. And as long as I'm working enough to prove self-sufficiency, there's no reason that they can deny the residency. So it was... And we had to do it now, because if we waited until after the moment of theoretical Brexit, then we wouldn't have been able to, we would have lost that right. So that's why we had to come. OK, so you are a Brexit refugee. Exactly so, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, me and my wife moved in March 2017, working in Utrecht for half a year. We got settled, then we brought the girls in January, and they've now got residency. So, um, yeah, we still don't know what's going to happen, obviously, at the actual moment of Brexit. There's a no-deal scenario. Things could get pretty dicey. But my hope is that as long as I'm paying my way here in the Netherlands, that the Dutch government will see me as a valuable person to have in the country. Why the Netherlands? Uh, my wife is studying public administration at Den Haag Hochschule, and that was part of the plan when we came. She needed an undergraduate university course that was instructed in English. Okay, and you said you cycled here? Yeah, we left with a bike and a trailer and loads of bags, both of us on bikes, cycled around for about a month. Eventually we settled for a bit in Utrecht and then we, we live in Leiden now. Any kind of funny, weird experiences you've had here, lost in translation or stuff that you thought, oh my God, that's so weird? Particularly with uh, the accommodation, um, we were discussing with people how we'd made the application to the Hoer Committee, which regulates rent and determines whether landlords are acting within the law. When I talked to people about that, before I'd learned any Dutch, I was referring to it as the Hoer Commission, which is clearly the Commission for Prostitutes. Um, that being legal in the Netherlands, that could be a thing, so I had to correct myself quite quickly there. From Hoer to Hoer. Yeah, it's a bit tricky. Yeah. Um, in general, I found the pronunciation of the language the most challenging thing. And also the fact that when you speak to people, having plucked up your courage and you know, gone into the shop or the organisation, I'm going to do this in Dutch, 
and then within three words they're either laughing at you or they've switched to English bit tough to take that, that happens all the time and both my daughters they're in the integration course now they um, at the school so they're part taught in English part taught in Dutch for the first 40 weeks for the youngest one two years for the oldest one and they now are speaking Dutch with perfect pronunciation and so we have this trilingual household now um, where every time I speak Dutch at home I get laughed at every time I speak Dutch out of the house I get laughed at so yeah Hello, hello, hello. Hi, can you tell me your name and where you're from? I'm Leah, I'm from the Philippines. And how long have you been in the Netherlands? I've been here about seven months. And how are you finding it so far? So far it's pretty good. I like the people, they're really friendly. Uh, but the weather's not so good. <laughs> what, what have you come across apart from the weather that's kind of surprised you a little bit? Uh, about the culture... Maybe uh, the food is a little bit different from where I'm from. Uh, we always have warm meal, breakfast, lunch and dinner. But here only dinner is warm meal. <laughs> uh, and what about other things? Have you come across uh, things where you kind of were, yeah, funny situations you found yourself yeah. in? What, what, can you give me an example of one of those? Biking. <laughs> what happened? Um... Uh, well, I always get uh, in trouble with the, with, on the bike. Uh, I'm not so handy with the bike. And uh, there was one time where I was uh, wanting to turn, and then there was a bus also, and the bus swerved away a little bit. <laughs> so it's a bit scary. You didn't get hurt? No, no, no. And any other near misses on the bike then? Uh, mostly that's the biggest one, I think. <laughs> And that's Leah from the Philippines there, having some near misses on her bike. And here's that extra bonus story sent via WhatsApp. Here's Connor. Hey Andy, my name's Connor. I'm a 25-year-old software developer. I live in Capel and Isel with my Dutch partner. That's a small town surrounded by Rotterdam. And Connor, he needs to go for a pee. He's tried the station where his credit card was refused. The Dutch don't really do credit cards. And now he's off to the Hema a department store with a restaurant and a bathroom. Connor is pretty desperate at this stage and is a bit fed up of being turned away. We join him at the Hamer. I was confronted by a very bizarre sight. I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. There was an old lady sitting outside of the toilets with uh, a little table, a very, a very pretty tablecloth over it, and a small white plate covered in change. Now, my naive British mind told me that she was begging. And I said, oh, it's a beggar. Oh, it's kind of weird and sweet that Hamer let people beg in their stores. Uh, yeah, okay, this must be a Dutch thing. So I just walked straight past her and she was like, Jonge, uh, come here. And that means, uh, boy, come here. I was like, oh, oh no, I'm in trouble. So I went over to her and she explained that she was a toilet attendant. And I was like, oh, okay. And that I must pay to use the toilet, of course. And I said to her, you know, all I have is my MasterCard. I can't use it anywhere. <laughs> everywhere everywhere refuses to take this card. And I have no change in me whatsoever. Um, and she just looked at me and said, Jonge, niets net leven is gratis. Which means, uh, boy, nothing in this life is free. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I can't use the toilet then? And she was like, nee. Je mag niet, je moet betalen. You may not, you must pay. I thought, oh, I, I can't even uh, charm a sweet old lady into letting me use the toilet. 
I know you're thinking, how does this drama end? Well, luckily, it all ends well, and maybe there's even a life-saving tip for you. And、uh, she said, go to McDonald's, buy some water. They will accept your Mastercard, and they will give you a code to use their toilet. So I did just that. I went to the McDonald's, I bought some water, and on the receipt or the bonnetier, as the Dutch like to call them, there was a little code so I could use the toilet. I found it a very bizarre experience. I found it bizarre that people would just simply refuse to let you use the bathroom. I, I think even in the UK, where I think in London and perhaps some of the big cities, you may sometimes have to pay to use the toilet. Most of the time, you know, if you need to go, you need to go, and and they will let you in. They will see no issue with that. But yeah, this Dutch directness,、uh, it doesn't, it doesn't give even even in these situations. That's Connor, who finally managed to spend a penny with his credit card. If you see what I mean. If you want to share a story via WhatsApp, then feel free. The number is zero six twelve forty two eighty three eighty seven zero six twelve forty two eighty three eighty seven. I'll put that in the show notes as well, in case you are not listening with a pen in your hand, which may be the case. Thanks to Connor and everyone at the Burst van Berlage Expatic Affair who came to talk to me. Remember to check the show notes and the link on how to become a Here in Holland sponsor. After all, niets in het leven is gratis. Nothing in this life is free. Just think of me as a toilet attendant sitting outside your front door. I'll bring a little table and a saucer, and what the hell, I will accept your credit cards. Remember, stroopwafel or big cheese, the choice is yours. Surf to patreon.com forward slash here in Holland. The link is in the show notes, and I'd love to hear from you too. Here in Holland is on Facebook. Just search here in Holland, here in Holland at gmail.com, or even via the website hereinholland.com. All the podcasts are on Spotify these days too. Alrighty, from me, Andy Clark. Thanks, Emil, for listening, and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>